This season of the Mumbrig podcast is brought to you by Bathorium, Canada's favorite clean and green beauty bath products. They make all natural bath bombs, bath soaks, bubble baths, and accessories with no artificial fragrances or toxins. And they're vegan and ethically produced. To get 15% off, go to mumbrig.ca slash bath. Welcome to the Mumbrig podcast a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off. Hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. Um, hi guys, welcome back to another episode of season three of the Mumbrick podcast. I am super excited to have one of the doctors I've been stalking online on Instagram. <laughs> I hunted her down and begged her to join me <laughs> for this podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, Dr. Stephanie Liu, who is like crushing it on Instagram right now. And I ha- like, you just talk about everything and you share amazing tips relating to everything that my mom life needs right now. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. I feel really cool now with that intro. So thank you. Yes. You are really (laughs) cool. You are a doctor with two kids working through a pandemic. It's insane. Two young kids, I should even say. Your kids are little. Yeah, they're still, they're pretty little. Uh, George is one and Maddie is almost four. So yeah, little, I think. Yeah, really little. Um, maybe before we jump into things, you can tell everybody a little bit about you, um, what you're up to these days, and also uh, maybe talk a little bit about your Instagram, which is awesome. Yeah, so um, I'm a family doctor um, and an assistant clinical professor at the U of A, at University of Alberta. Um, I didn't really know much about social media um, up until about a year and a half ago uh, when I was taking um, a little bit of a prolonged mat leave. And I decided to kind of go for it and take a leap. So I learned about hashtagging. I learned about Instagram and I decided, you know, I want to start a blog that provides credible, relatable, easy to understand um, advice for families out there. So that was how it started. Um, Since then, um, I also has an attached website, lifeofdrmom.com. And for the first time, but during the pandemic, I actually started a side hustle where I make uh, evidence-based kids products. So products designed by physicians uh, made for kitties. I love that so much. And especially you sort of started off saying that you wanted to start a blog that was evidence-based. And I think that's one of the problems with social media right now is that anyone can literally say anything. And if it's said loud enough, it almost becomes fact, right? Which is really problematic, especially in these days and this time. And it's, it's nice to know that there's resources that are reliable and based on evidence and facts. And it, it's reassuring to me as, as a parent. Oh, thanks so much, Erica. And like the reason I, I realized I wanted to, to create this platform is I think sometimes in my own practice, some of the patient handouts I would give were kind of cold and just, you know, stated the facts as though being a parent is so easy. Like make sure you're doing this and this, and this <laughs> for your child, right? When we, when I know now as a parent that it's not that easy. And that's why I wanted to start a blog so I could share the, my experiences, but also what, what current medical literature has out there. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's really helpful. And just so you guys know, the topic I asked uh, Stephanie to come on with specifically was 
how we can talk to our children about COVID. <laughs> and as a, as a parent, just to what you're saying, it's something that I really struggle with because I don't know what to say, how much to appropriately, <laughs> okay, this is going to sound terrible, but how much to scare them versus how much to comfort them, right? It's this fine line between making them informed enough that my, I have a five-year-old and a two and a half-year-old that she's actually going to wear her mask because 99% of the kindergarten pictures I get, the mask is like dangling around her <laughs> neck. <laughs> and, but how much, so she's actually feels safe and supported in this time because this is huge for her as well. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can just jump right in and then we can just go some Q&A at the end. I, some people had texted in some great questions for you as well. Okay, sounds good. So I think that you're right. Like it's that balance. You want them to know that it's a serious situation, but you don't want to scare them. Um, like I try when I'm seeing my kids, uh, my patients in my practice that are that are little um, to try to give them information, but in a non-scary way. And so with my daughter, I explained to her, you know, that COVID is something that can get people really, really sick. Um, and I let her know that there are preventive measures, measures like masking, washing our hands that can reduce it. Um, I actually, Maddie inspired me to actually write a, a book, Georgie Shark and COVID-19, which explains yes. it. So my, good. Oh, thank you. And the reason I, I called it Georgie Shark is my son's name is George. Um, and I think he looks like a little <laughs> shark. We call him little Georgie Shark Boy. Um, and I think that <laughs> so a great cute. way to explain things to kids is with images, right? And um, like images of cartoons, because kids love cartoons and it's not scary and it's not intimidating, but it can get these complex issues across in a non-super spooky way. Yeah, it's interesting because I just um, was given a book about change and there's pictures of, um, it, it was really powerful because it's the first time I see pictures in literature with people wearing masks in a grocery store as an example. And it was a kid's book as well. Um, and it was, it was neat because as soon as my daughter saw that, it instantly clicked like, oh, mommy, this is something that we're doing. It, she didn't need really more than that it was just the picture which is crazy and it's not how as an adult I think to express myself I think to express myself I mean we're on a podcast words right I just talk 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 yeah <laughs> no it's uh <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and you oh, know goodness, there's one help. image in the book that uh I think our illustrator Jess uh Jessica Bennington she's actually out in Ontario too I think she just killed it with this image so there's two pictures side by side the three sharks and uh, one of the sharks is obviously sneezing and there you see all these cooties just spring out of his mouth and then the next picture is the same three sharks with masks on and you see how masks just kind of collect the cooties in and prevent it from going everywhere and I think that 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 really I think helped nailed it down that concept to Maddie was that the mask was you know keeping others safe if she was sneezing or coughing or breathing and talk. Okay. I wish people could see my face right now. Cause as soon as you describe that visual, my jaw just dropped. I was like, oh, that's so smart. I wish I had got your book before about your book before I we interviewed you. That would have been smart, but I'll get it after this interview. Yeah, um, <laughs> you do a lot though. Eh? Like I'm, I'm taking a little aside right now because uh, we can still keep talking about COVID in a second, but you're a, a practicing doctor right now. You're mentioning you're working three days a week you have two young children, you have all these books too that you have going on. Like maybe I want to take a quick step back and just talk about everything that you have going on right now, because it's a cool, um, 
inspirational story. And I think people need to hear that is in addition to, you know, the scary truth spoke. Um, you're making me feel really cool again. Thank you, Erica. But thanks. Yeah. I think I'm really lucky because I have a lot of supports. I have um, a nanny uh, that helps me so much. I'm a huge slob. I make messes all the time. And she is just amazing. As long as you know. Yeah, because without her, I wouldn't be able to like get through the day. So I'm lucky because she helps me so much with with the kids and with uh, all the daily stuff. Um, And I also think that I'm lucky because all of the tasks that I'm taking on, I really, really like. Like, I love being a family doctor. For me, there's no better job in the world. I love being able to see people over the course of many years and get to know that not only them, but their families too. Um, I really love blogging. I like connecting with people on social media. Normally in my practice, I'm only, I don't see many patients. I only see probably about um, 10 to 15 patients per half day. And with the blog, I'm able to like talk to like thousands of people, which is so cool. Um, And then now with the side hustle, the books, the clothing, um, it's just exciting because I would have never ever you know when I was going through my medical training think of doing this but I think it's one of the most exciting things in my life like learning how to do a business and making products that I think people need and want and anytime anyone purchases something I just get so thrilled like it's been a lot of fun oh my god that's so cool I also really like I mean you said this the very first and I I didn't want to interrupt you but I really appreciate how, when I said you do so much, you said, well, I have help. And I think that's a huge statement because so often as moms who are working moms feel like we have to do it all ourselves because no one's not, sorry, not no one, not as many people are actively saying, well, this is because I have help from my partner or a nanny or daycare or my kids are in school. So it, it just is another example in real life example that moms aren't designed or built to physically do it all. We, we can't, it's not possible. So it's cool to see someone who's doing so much say, well, yes, I am doing so much and it's amazing, but I also have support in other ways and I'm asking for help. So just huge, huge kudos to you on that. Oh, thanks. You know, asking for help was one of the biggest things that I learned. Um, like after being a parent, like for some reason, I had this weird pride where I said, okay, you know what, I can do this all myself, Mm -hmm. I can make sure that I can get the house organized, I can get dinner ready, like on time, I can do this, I won't need to do takeout all the time, I won't need to get those. (laughs) But, but I realize now that it's so important. And I'm so lucky to have those support networks, because I, at times in the past, I have been really burnt out, because I didn't want to ask for that help for some reason, it was just I wanted to show that I could do it all myself. Um, and now that I'm, you know, have all these supports and I'm not afraid to ask for help, things have just been so much smoother. I, I, it's funny, I went through a similar experience and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was pride or for, for me personally, I mean, um, or that I, I saw people doing things on Instagram or this digital space where it looked like they were doing everything. Um, so I felt like, well, if they can do it, I should be able to, too. Yeah. I don't know why, but it, it's weird. Eh? So many people I think go through this. I feel that way too. And, you know, even like sometimes the, so in medicine, sometimes it's hard because we know what, the, what the best medical, like, so for instance, screen time, that's something that I battle with because <laughs> I know, you know, as a physician, we should really be limiting screen time. But as a parent, sometimes I'm just tired. And I think a lot of us are tired. We just want to sit there and watch a movie and just chill out. 
And that's another yeah. thing more slack with I before I was so against screen time I would lose it on my mom anytime she'd be watching Korean <laughs> dramas with my daughter or watching these weird YouTube shows I get so mad at her but now I realize especially with COVID sometimes it's survival mode like when I'm really tired I, I sometimes give in I'm like okay let's just have a movie night and order takeout and I think sometimes oh, we I, need I to, love that. to go for that yeah no I, I totally agree it is a survival thing and I think especially right now, we're in the midst of this like insane pandemic that no one in the history of the world has ever experienced something at this magnitude and this, this scope globally. <laughs> so I, I've, it's, it's funny you say it's used to get mad about screen time. When I was hiring daycares or looking, um, interviewing daycares for my first child, like pregnant for the first time, you know, like super idealistic. I knew, I knew exactly what I was going to be as a parent. <laughs> There was a wonderful home daycare who was lovely and happened to have a space and had great references, but she let the kids watch half an hour of Paw Patrol every day. And I was like, no, I can't hire you. My kids can't watch TV. <laughs> oh my God, that was such a tool. <laughs> but it's it's not to say that no screen time is a bad thing because I have friends who have managed to keep it up and they're doing oh, it's, they're it's what works do it. for them. Man, they're killing right. it. Do it. I'm not. <laughs> no, neither am not I. Not at all. Oh God. Okay. This is physician approved. Thank you for making me feel better. Not that I'm saying you're encouraging screen time no, at I'm all. Not encouraging screen no, time. she's not. <laughs> but I will say that disclaimer, I'm not, I did not say that <laughs> disclaimer. I'd not say that, but I will just say that I'm not the perfect patient, I guess, because I'm not following the complete recommendations, but it's because the recommendations are sometimes so hard. And I just don't want those recommendations to make people feel bad. I think it's best efforts, right? Like, yeah. It's, you do what you can. And if you're not able to do it because of whatever your lifestyle is in that moment, then it's like, we have to cut ourselves a bit of slack. I agree. Easier said totally than done. <laughs> um, so in terms of, okay, I have a couple COVID questions for you and then we can jump into um, the questions. I've got a few texts from people for you. Um, you mentioned back to COVID and talking about kit to kids specifically that using imagery is a really powerful one. Do you have any other tips specific to how to talk to your kids about COVID? Um, what we should be doing as parents? I, I, I've kind of just been guessing and grasping at straws, to be honest, yeah. as a parent myself. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So one thing, Maddie, for some reason, like now we're good, but before COVID, she didn't like hand washing that much I think she just didn't like the temperature she didn't like that her sleeves would get wet and it was a real fight so one thing that I do is I try to make it like activities as fun as they could be so you know I let her choose the soap that she wants I get colored soap that foams a lot and to really get her into it in the beginning I would when washing her hands I'd throw on a few figurines there so I'm, I would say you're not washing your hands oh. but so and so like Marshall needs a bath and we would just wash it and at the same time, we'd wash our hands too. And now we don't have to give Marshall a bath every time we're washing our hands, but trying to make activities like that fun. Um, the other thing with the masking, we're still not doing great with it because she doesn't like that feeling on her face. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that we do is I let her try, like choose a mask. We'd look at pictures, we'd look on Amazon or um, I have a few options in clinic that I sometimes bring home and I let her choose her mask just to make it a little more um, engaging. Uh, but the mm -hmm. hardest thing for us is my, my daughter is obsessed with, I, I feel bad saying this, but my parents, she obviously loves my in-laws too, but she's obsessed <laughs> with my parents. 
and she used to see them super regularly they live in um Vancouver but they would come every two weeks just to visit Maddie because they were oh wow and you're in Edmonton just so people know which is how far how far is that just for people who aren't in Canada um like an Uh, hour and a half flight okay yeah because I was gonna say it'd be more than that for a drive but it's yeah they'd have to so they flew down every two weeks to see her every two to three weeks they're just obsessed with her oh my god they loved it that's amazing yeah or we would fly there but they would we typically see each other every two to three weeks so we take turns like flying. Um, but since COVID, she hasn't seen them as regularly. And that has been the hardest part because she doesn't mm-hmm. understand why she can't see them. Um, and that was another reason I wrote the book. Um, I talk about old sharks. I hate calling my parents old, mm-hmm. but they were obviously older. And I just explained to her, you know, the risk of sometimes older sharks going out and about traveling all the time is dangerous. Um And when I showed her that, she kind of got it and she understands. So, you know, one thing she says is, you know, when COVID's over, we're going to go see Popo Dodo. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's Chinese, like Popo Gong Gong for grandparents. It's it's interesting because I think that's been one of the hardest parts for us too is because we're very close with my my parents and my in-laws as well. And we used to see them like, several times a week each set of grandparents um we're so lucky in that sense but it's how do you explain to kids then that they can't hug or go spend time with their grandparents (laughs) my daughter this morning said hey mommy remember before covid when i used to do this with grandma i was like oh my heart that's so crushing my soul i'm sorry honey we'll see maybe one day (laughs) You know, one thing that we try doing is we FaceTime regularly with, with my parents, but it's still not the same, it's hard. but it's something though. Right. Yeah. I find it's hard with that age though. Um, Cause we have kids, like our kids are almost the same yeah. age, right? It's just my, my little guy is like the prime screen time example. He doesn't like TV. So I'm like, this is amazing. But he yeah. also, it's annoying at the same time. He's just <laughs> sit and watch a show while I have a break for God's yeah. sakes. But he doesn't sit for, for FaceTime, which is like, really annoying <laughs> inconvenient I should say <laughs> oh geez okay so I love the idea the figurine hand washing I think it's the coolest idea ever and I would have never thought of it in a million years um nice. any other little tips before we can talk move into some of these questions from people yes yeah, so with hand sanitizer too I actually Ooh. so the ones that I use in my clinic that I used to use for myself like they Maddie just didn't like the smell. So I would get some of the kids ones for her. And then sometimes we decorate it with a sticker just to jazz it up a little. That's cute. And these are things that you wouldn't think of as an adult, right? The oh, I would have the never thought smell of Smell bothers and that's why they don't like it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, so smart. Um, are you up for a few questions now? Or are you? Because yes, you're, you're my first tester for this. <laughs> okay, I'm nervous if I don't get them it'll be embarrassing, but I'm ready for it. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, for, I think, so this will, this will not be the first episode that's, um, live with the questions, but you're my first interview recorded with the questions. So it's the concept of people literally at 11 AM. So it's 1230 PM now. So an hour and a half ago, um, my time, Eastern time, I sent everybody on my text group, a text talking about you and raving about you and letting them know if they had any questions for you to try to simulate like um a call-in radio show like we were talking about earlier um so the first one um we'll do it sort of quick q a style and if you want to pass feel free to pass but i think i just looked at them quickly and they're pretty great um 
you touched on this first one a little bit, uh, but we haven't talked about it totally. The question is, since you are both doctors, because we haven't talked about your husband's also a doctor, which I know because I talked to you online. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, who takes care of your toddlers and when do you see them? Okay. So grandma's busier than me, like in terms of his uh, physical, uh, like away from the house work hours. Um, he's, he also he's does an a ENT, lot more. right? He's, yeah, he's an ENT surgeon. Yeah. Um, so he does, um, he's on call a lot more than I am. But I will say there's times he obviously annoys me, but I think I'm so lucky to have <laughs> him because he's very involved. Um, when he's home, it's not for super prolonged hours, but when he is home, when he's with the kids, he's focused on them completely. Uh, so I think that's what he really focuses on is that quality time. Um, so when he gets home, we'll often like take the kids to the park when the weather's okay. We just start taking them sledding, um, doing walks oh, and he's really, really good. I would say, and he doesn't like when I say this, but this is just the fact. I in general spend more time with the kids. <laughs> Um, and I probably it's, do it's more. It's a fact. It's, you can't argue it. It's a it. fact. Um, <laughs> but a fact. I do, and I kind of do more of the organizing, um, like of the activities, which aren't as many, obviously, because of COVID. Um, figuring out the meals, I do that. Um, but Gray Graham is really good at, you know, one night a week. He wants when he's off, um, doesn't have any work to do that evening. He tries to make like a a, a nice meal for the family. Oh, that's a super cool tradition and little routine to get into. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. He's very involved in terms of when he's there, he's, he's with them. This episode of the Mumbreak podcast is brought to you by Bathorium. (laughs) The reason why I am recently so obsessed with Bathorium is because I was formerly a bath hater. The idea of sitting and stewing in my own filth made me really uncomfortable. And the fact that I really struggled to sit still for more than a few moments without getting bored. Now, then COVID hit and my mental health tanked and I became super anxious. And I was tasked with sitting still for 10 minutes by a nutritionist. I struggled with this as well until I decided just one day I couldn't take it anymore. I was going to hop in the bath. And lo and behold, I threw some Bathorium bath soaks in there and I, I was obsessed. So I've now teamed up with them to give you guys a 20% discount at mumbreak.ca slash bath, where you can get bath bombs, bath soaks, teas, all these amazing things that can help you decompress and force you to take a little bit of a pause in this insane, busy world that we face these days. Now, remember, go to www.mumbreak.ca slash bath, where you'll get all the information to get 20% off. It sounds like it's a good routine. And I think it's interesting because um, everyone or not everyone, sorry, I shouldn't generalize myself and my family. We were in such a good routine pre-COVID and then all of a sudden COVID hit and it was trying to reestablish what the routine would be and figure it out. And I think it's taken me nine months to figure it out, but I'm, we're also slowly starting to get a handle on things. I think us too, a little bit more. Um, so. Yeah. It's true. Well, you guys have, if he's on call though, and are your days at the office always the same days at least? Yeah. They're or they, they, the they rotate. No, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I used to, um, to be on call before I, I gave that up. I used to do inpatient medicine. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I gave it up about 
right after when I became pregnant towards the end of the pregnancy with George. So about almost two years ago, I miss it a lot because I really like practicing acute care medicine, but it was, I wish I could say I could have done it all, but it's too hard with two parents on call. No, that makes sense. And now that I think about it, I don't know what schooling's like out West, but is your four-year-old in school or is she still in daycare? Uh, she's in preschool. Okay. So yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Cause when in Ontario, they start, like my daughter started junior kindergarten when she was three, <laughs> which is insane yeah. to think about now. Whoa. She's a late birthday. But from that perspective, you still, your kids still are in school, right? So it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I really, the school thing was really a tough decision. Like I'm overall really happy that Maddie's back in school. Cause she needed that socialization. She loves school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, and of course, balancing the risk of COVID, but I'm really happy that Maddie's back in school. How do you feel about your daughter being back in school? It was a really hard decision at first because I mean, I don't know about in out West with you guys, but in Ottawa, it was, in, in that decision time when we needed to decide whether we were sending her back or not, it was like a flood of Facebook group messages, not messages, Facebook group posts about how they don't want their kids being guinea pigs. So I sort of, I took that on and it made me feel quite guilty at first about sending her back, but without having a full, full information. But um, my daughter's the same way in that she's very social. And it's interesting because in junior, she's in senior now, but in junior kindergarten, for the first few weeks and for through a lot throughout the year, she actually really, until she got pulled, obviously, because of COVID, um, she really struggled with going to school and getting excited about going to school. Yeah. But now on weekend days, I, she asked if it's a school day and we're like, no, sorry, honey, it's a weekend. And she cries because it's not a school day. She's so excited <laughs> to go to school. Yeah. Like, okay this is we made the right decision <laughs> you totally I think you did for your family for her yeah for her for our family right we're lucky and we're lucky too we have um we're not bubbled with anybody because the the grandparents have you know their own set of medical stuff on each side so it's it's just us but because it's just us it's fortunate in that we don't have to really worry about risk to our immediate family yeah which is um encouraging and then my son went back to daycare at the same time. And he, it's interesting because of the age that he was, he was in daycare for a few months and then he obviously got pulled because of the timing of COVID. Yeah. Um, and his development I've noticed is quite different. I mean, naturally than my daughters because they're different children. Um, but because there was that, you know, missing six or seven month gap at a key critical time, mm-hmm. I found for him specifically, it was a weird developmental thing and he's starting to catch up slowly, but we're happy with it for our, our family. It's, it was the right decision in that moment. And for now, anyways. Yeah. Um, I, I did have a question. This isn't a little side and I'll keep asking the questions. I'm inserting my own question now. Um, yeah, because, <laughs> and I'm just curious, it must be really hard from, and, and by all means, feel free to just say, no, thank you. I don't want to answer this, but I, there's so much controversy online right now, about COVID in general, right. About um, the validity of it and whether people are taking it seriously or not. Everyone has a different perspective and um, excluding fact-based science evidence, everyone has different beliefs and uh, whatnot about it. But as a doctor who, you know, has the science background and research, that must be a really tricky thing. 
when you see all, like, does that affect you? And you don't have to speak for your husband, but how does that affect you as a doctor when there's evidence saying one thing, but people are, you know, screaming off the rooftop, something completely different that doesn't necessarily align with your research? Yeah. That must, I'm... It's, it's a weird situation. Like there's, even with my blog, there's people that disagree with some of the things that I say. And I really try to put what I, what I write based in fact, I shouldn't say based in fact, but based on the medical literature. And sometimes I will say it does, I wouldn't say it makes me mad, but it hurts my feelings sometimes when people say, you know mm-hmm. what, I don't believe you. You're just, you know, working for big pharma, like, and that does hurt my feelings. Um, I would say it's a similar thing right now with what's going on in the pandemic. I believe that COVID is real. I believe that it's a serious situation. Um, and I can understand why people are scared and why people are frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with, you know, some of the, those conspiracy theories out there. And it's not because I don't think that people are allowed to have their own feelings and beliefs. It's more that it evokes fear in a lot of people. Like people are already scared. Mm-hmm. And I think those conspiracy theories make people even more scared. Yeah, it, it's so interesting because I find, and have you seen the social, um, oh, what's that new movie that came out about um, social media and the addictive qualities of it? Oh, Social Dilemma. The social, or social yes. Dilemma. Have you seen that yet? I didn't watch the whole thing. It made me feel all spooky. Exactly. So that's exactly <laughs> the point. I, I, I came out of it being like, ick, I need to get a flip phone. <laughs> I need yeah. to turn off all of my social media accounts. They're controlling my life. And I started as someone who's very, I find I'm, I'm very pragmatic myself. Uh, and I even started finding myself spiraling into this, this conspiracy. And then because I was Googling things and of course my Facebook feed started changing and my Google, I'm like, oh yeah. no, I'm starting, I'm snowballing. It's a problem. <laughs> and you know what? And the one thing is, is we're like, it's hard because we see things change over time. Like before we used mm-hmm. to say, you know, butter is good. Like, mar- like don't eat eggs. Eggs are good. Things have changed over the time. And I think I can see why sometimes there's that mistrust with the scientific community, but really at the time when we're mm-hmm. giving advice, it's based on all of the knowledge that we have at that time. Yeah. And I think it, it's so funny because my, my personal belief is that, and I don't talk about this a lot, but it is that people who are in the scientific community know better than me because that's what they're they're raised in that's their job that's what they've researched and i have this inherent and maybe it's a canadian thing but this inherent trust in um medicine and the government that they're just doing the best that they can and that's just again that's just me as a person and i know that other people would say that's crazy but when someone like if you were to tell me something be like okay yeah i'll do that i believe you you went (laughs) to school for this i clearly did not (laughs) And it's, it's just interesting to see everyone's different philosophies and opinions these days. Yeah, it is. It's a really weird, strange time right now. And like the one, the saddest thing about COVID isn't just people getting so sick, but how divided it's making people. Yes, I agree with that. It's, it's heart-wrenching, eh? Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us into happier questions. Okay. <laughs> okay, there are four questions left. They're sort of basic medical questions. Um, hopefully you can answer them to a high level. I think a lot of these I've seen on your Instagram anyways. So the first one is, 
yeah, this, this is good. This will be like right back into your wheelhouse before I start talking about conspiracy, drag you into the conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> Sorry. Um, number one, what are the common side effects of a flu shot for toddlers? Oh man. So Maddie, oh, sorry, the bad one to start with. No, no. I was just saying with, <laughs> okay. with Maddie, the, the biggest and the one, the most like kind of, I guess, spooky things with everything that's going on is sometimes after the flu shot, you can get a raised temperature, which can make it really confusing mm, yeah. right, with the COVID symptoms. So, um, in our clinic, and I think with public health, they often advise people with the f- flu shot, you can get a rise in your temperature. Mm. Um, but just to monitor that and be aware of that pain. Um, I'm a big baby with needles. I really don't like needles. Um, and I actually get quite sore when I get injected and oh, Maddie man. is the same way. So she got quite sore after her flu shot. Um, other things are a little bit of swelling at the site um, and the, a side effect, but sometimes it's actually beneficial is they can get quite tired after their flu shot. Mm, yeah, I, I actually, I, I love that when I get my kids get the flu shot or any sort of, um, <laughs> any of their vaccines, they're just sleepy and snuggly. I'm like, okay, I know, I'll take just, it. <laughs> that is the one thing Maddie gets very tired and very cuddly. So yeah, it's kind of nice. I don't know. Is that a bad thing? But I kind of love it. Slow <laughs> down and love me. <laughs> I know it's the best, the cuddles. Oh man. Okay. Some of these are sort of, um, high level loaded questions. So, oh, um, answer no, no, no. I just, okay. So it's suggestions on tips and potty training. So I know that's a whole other conversation. That's a big thing. Everyone has different viewpoints. So maybe what I want to ask you is, um, what are your sort of, if someone asked you quickly, what are your kind of go-to potty training high level tips? Okay. I will tell you what we tried, what we have done with Maddie. And she is, I would say 95% potty trained. She has a rare accident. Um, when she was around, like two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half ish, almost three. Like we, um, she was showing some signs of interest. Like when I was peeing, she'd say, Oh, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and so once they start showing interest, they say, you know, that could be a good time to start. Uh, so what we did was we got, um, the potty adjustment, like those little baby seats where you can put on your toilet. Mm. And we also had one of those little toilets right beside our toilet. Love those. Um, and, we tried one tech, our first technique that we tried that wasn't successful. Um, and me and my husband actually got quite annoyed with each other because we kept blaming each other because we kept missing it was like the commando baby style where they're not wearing um, any underwear. They're just wearing a shirt. And oh my God, that's wait. what we did. <laughs> yeah. You try to wait for the signs that they might pee and then you quickly bring them to the toilet. And me and my husband, yeah, you always miss it. We, me and my husband kept missing it. And we're like, oh, you missed it. No, you missed it. So that did not work well for us. Um, so the other technique that we did, which ended up working was we just took her to the bathroom at timed, uh, every hour and a half just to get her to try. And I found the biggest game changers once she was able to pee successfully in the toilet, it really kind of helped click it in for her. Yeah, she understood. And I think it's so interesting because at that age, you said she was what, two and a half, three ish, depending, um, we forget as parents that they literally have no idea what they're talking about. It's there's, we're trying to teach them all these things that they've quite literally never done in their life before where we've done it billions of times. We're like, Oh, just sit on the toilet and pee, but they don't know because they've peed in a diaper their entire life. Yeah. And once she peed there and was so excited, that was easy. And we'd make it a really exciting experience. Like every time she peed, like for the first little bit, we'd be dancing and just going nuts. 
Um, and this isn't an evidence-based like science thing, but what I would do, because when we're taking her to the washroom so much, she was getting kind of annoyed with it. Um, so I would try to make it when she was sitting down really exciting, we'd have books. I would do a live puppet show to really entertain oh, her while she was there. So I'd do a <laughs> puppet show and that was really how we were able to keep her on the toilet. Yeah, that's adorable. Oh, that's <laughs> something that I would not be successful at. A live at. puppet I'm, show. <laughs> I'm not creative at all. I'd be like, I just YouTube a puppet show and be like, here, have a phone. But then she would be stuck there forever on the phone. Um, okay, quick, another quick question. My toddler hates gloves and always takes them off. Any tips? Oh my goodness. I'm experiencing this too. So it's a, nor a horrifying, horrible phase eh, in Canada. We're also like for people listening down south, a lot of people are in warm places and they're like mitts. Why do we need mitts? Cause it's snowy, snowy, yeah. snowy and cold. So this is something else that I'm struggling with. And I don't know if this is the best tip, but I'll just tell you what we do. So we've bought, I tried the technique of, of, you know, showing her when we're buying the gloves, which ones do you like, which ones do you mm -hmm. like? So then she'll say, okay, I want these ones. We bring that we purchase them. And then she puts them on, doesn't like the sensation, takes them off. But one thing that we found that actually she does not mind are socks. So what we do is we get socks oh, cute. and we just double layer them to keep them warm. Of course, these are not ideal because they can soak through uh, quite easily when mm -hmm. she hits the snow, but we just, we're using that for right now, but we need to get her to like mittens. Yeah. It's such a tactile thing, especially if you have sensory kids for it's like, my my daughter was the same with water like if she got a speck of water on her it was like game over and it was more of a sensory thing than anything for us but it's that would be hard as a parent because you want them so badly to be warm and safe but they're like no mittens and they throw you know how like toddlers and I'm showing um, Stephanie right now on the call but with my arms you just like flail them down and they flop off the same as boots like you just yes. slam them down and they go everywhere and you're like oh. she loves to resign that flail <laughs> But yeah, the yeah. socks, the, and the socks are obviously very snug on our hands. So, so that's what we're doing right now, but we're really hoping to get her into the gloves. How does preschool feel about the socks? <laughs> um, I, so this is another thing. I'm like, am I doing something really wrong? Because when she goes to preschool, she's, she knows who's like, she can listen to authority. So she wears the gloves at uh, preschool. Yeah. It's just with oh, me and husband that she has to have the sock mittens. Yeah. Kids are kids are funny like that. I, the daycare people, I swear to God, and my teachers and the ECs and all the, the staff at the schools and daycare are magicians. Like I can't say enough good things about them. They've trained my children in ways that I could never do. My kids would be sock mittens too, for sure. Yeah. If it was me. No, I'm just blown away. I'm like, you guys are like Harry Potter style, like doing like magic on them. Yes. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. One more question. And this one, um, tying back to COVID a little bit, and we touched on it a, a tad, but, um, this mom is just saying that she's scared of normalizing the fear about sickness and the obsession of sickness. Um, how, let me, I'll, I'll just read it word for word because it's easier. How can we explain masks and not touching loved ones without sparking social regression and the obsession with dirty? Um, my kid is already obsessed with being sick all the time. And I think this is really neat. I would have never thought to ask this question, but I find it's Aubrey started to do it in that she'll now fake being sick for school and fake coughing if she doesn't want to do something. <laughs> She's like, I'm yeah. sick. I don't have to go. We got to go get a COVID test. I'm like, no, you do not <laughs> tell anybody at school that you have a cough. You keep your mouth shut. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> 
but it's, uh, I, I don't know what's the answer. I don't know if there is an answer to this, but like, what are you decided to do with your family? That is such a great question. And this is something mm. that I think about too. Like, I don't, I grew up never having to worry about a pandemic and like not worrying about mm. like licking the floor and doing things like that. And I wouldn't <laughs> worry about, about touching handles and I wouldn't worry about, you know, the things that kids don't normally have to worry about. But now with COVID, anytime Maddie touches a handle, hand sanitize. Anytime Maddie is like touching a table surface that we haven't set, hand sanitize. And I will say I do worry with Maddie that, you know, she could, it, it is fear provoking. Every time she touches a new surface, mm -hmm. we sanitize. But what I try to do to normalize it is when we're at home and once she gets home, if she goes on the floor and starts licking the floor or drop, we drop food on the floor and she eats it, I, I let it just go freestyle. I let her know that, you know, right now mm. this is for a period of time and that this is going to be a short time and it's because of this weird virus. And I call it the weird virus, the weird COVID. And that this mm. is like kind of an That's exceptional cute. I time. like that. Yeah. Or I call it yeah, strange COVID. And I'll say this is not all, it's it not always going to be like this, but just now. Hmm. I, I like that approach and I like the approach of when you're in the house, it's that safe space to know that there is still comfort in the world and it's not just outside, hand sanitized, outside, hand sanitized, yelling at the kids, put on your mask. Yeah. <laughs> space. We, um, with my kids, we call it a space bubble, like that distance that you should be six feet, two meters, whatever. Um, so we call it the space bubble. So I, I'm just so sick of yelling because let's be honest, I yell at the most of the time when they do it, space bubble, yeah. <laughs> get back space bubble. But now it's also equally sad to this question is that my kids almost don't know how to be close to anybody anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know if Maddie's fine. I know George is like way too young because he's a baby, but um, with Maddie, like, do you find that she's just inherently not going with close to people after all this time of talking about distance and space? She isn't, but when she's like home with us, like we're a very, like, I'm a big cuddler. And so we give a oh, lot okay. of hugs and we cuddle. And I think things like that neutralize it, right? It's super scary, scary and we're being distant with other people, but your kids will always have like you and you can always mm -hmm. cuddle them and give them that extra, that, that extra touch. I love that. So it's about you know, being realistic out of the home, but also bringing that warmth and that security into the house yourself as a parent yeah. to balance out and neutralize the outside stuff. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that, you know, because I do feel bad that Maddie's not seeing my parents regularly. Like I, mm -hmm. it's hard on my parents, but it's hard on Maddie. But I try to tell myself that we're going to be the consistent, me and my husband and, and her brother, and that she's going to, she'll have us during this kind of tough time. Um, and then later I know if everyone works together, we're going to be able to see extended family again. Yeah. yeah. It's one day. I'm so excited. I, I think I was talking with my friends and um, we're just like, I just want to go and I'm not a big bar person anymore, but I just want to go to a bar and just be like hugged by random lots of, I just want to be touched by random people and just like <laughs> have physical contact. Same with me. I don't even like going to like the club, but I'm like, I'll go to the club even like, I want to yeah. go out life I want to go to pool parties like things that I don't even that commonly want to do but I'm like I want to live I want to go out I want to experience yes oh my goodness 
Well, I, I'm going to wrap things up here, but I just wanted to thank you for taking the time. Um, I, I so appreciate this. And I think this is an important conversation to have. And I, I sort of wish we, <laughs> we had talked earlier because I have, I now have these tools that I can start implementing. My toddler will love washing. Oh, he's going to wash his cars. That's what we're going to get him to do. I'm going to get oh, him to I wash like his cars yeah. in the sink. Um, but before we go, uh, I want to know if you have anything else you want to add, um, to the audience if you want to share anything else yeah so I just want to say I really appreciate everyone that follows my blog I never thought that you know it would become popular and that people would want to read uh, like a random family doctor's experience as a mom and also <laughs> the evidence um, that I'm presenting um, and I really am excited about this side hustle um, you can find um, there are products that are designed by physicians so myself and a few of my other colleagues um, that are designed to be functional, educational, um, and we hope that we can, you know, instill trust that these products are, are, are great. Um, you can find them on buydoctormom.com. And that's pretty much it. I'm just, thanks for having me, Erica. And it was a lot of fun talking to you. Oh, thank you. So I'll put all the link and the information um, below. Where can people find you online when they want to I mean, I think we've already mentioned it, but just like say it okay. again so that people okay. can go follow you. Um, so, <laughs> So the at sign and the life of Dr. Mom, um, uh, or my website, lifeofdrmom.com um, for kids stuff by Dr. Mom, B-Y-D-R-Mom.com um, or the at sign and then by Dr. Mom. Amazing. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me and stay safe, everyone. Thank you guys so much for listening to my interview with Stephanie today. She can be found on Instagram at life of Dr. Dr. Mom. And she has all sorts of great books and things available on her website, which are linked on her Instagram account. Now here is my token ask for you guys. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love, love, love if you can go and write a review because this season for me is all about trying to attract different people and prove to them that it is worth spending their valuable time talking to me on a podcast episode. And one of the ways that people decide which episode they're going to be on is by checking out the reviews from amazing people who listen to this podcast. So if you can go check that out and leave a review, if you have a moment, that would be fantastic. You can do it on any of the podcast players that you listen to. I would so, so, so appreciate it. And if this episode does resonate with you or you think would find valuable, go ahead and share it on social media and you can tag me at mom.break and I will make sure to check it out and share it. Thank you guys so, so much.